I said to my husband, I said, read Alyssa's blog. Maybe you'll understand like my take because sometimes, you know, when your husband and wife and you have new babies or the dynamic is a little bit different, you're in the thick of it. So like I had said it to him thinking, oh, maybe if you read what she's writing, you'll understand it from a different perspective. And then right after that, I was like, Alyssa, we need to start a podcast. We need to help other moms. We need to tell them it is okay. It is okay to be your true, authentic self. You thought it, but we said it. I'm Alexis, a certified leadership and life coach, certified postpartum doula, sourdough educator, CrossFit level one trainer, birth fit coach, a beauty counter brand advocate, and a mom to two kids. And I'm Sam, a certified and licensed therapist and mental health first aid trainer in a nine to five-ish job, along with also being a beauty counter brand advocate, in addition to being a new mom and open IVF storyteller. We consider ourselves to be walking balancing acts and fellow mindset shift mavens. Perspectively Yours is our platform where we dive headfirst into conversations on topics that can make or break us. We speak to women about the things we often think but don't say out loud and how we can shift our perspectives around them to build our resilience and normalize our experiences. This is for the woman who wants a full plate and a full cup without burning out. We're sharing our stories and inviting others to the table to provide insight on cultivating resilience, shifting your perspective, and moving forward. So let's spill the tea and get started. Hello, hello. How are you, my friend? We are back for another episode of Perspectively Yours. I'm good. I'm happy to be here tonight, and we have friends with us tonight. Oh, I love when we have friends with us. It just makes the conversation so much juicier. Mm -hmm. So actually, what I thought would get started, because we have a lot to talk about tonight, especially because we now have four wonderful voices to hear from. So let's kind of give them an opportunity to give us a little information about themselves. Well, hello, the Perspectively Yours community. We are Mind Over Mom. We are a podcast also. That's kind of how we found Alexis and Sam. Well, we like found each other, right, ladies? So my name is Alyssa. I am a mom of two kids. I have a six-year-old and a five-year-old. And for me personally, I struggled with my mental health in motherhood for about four years before I decided it was time to take charge of my own mental well-being and to decide that, yes, motherhood is really hard, but it doesn't have to be as hard as it was for me. Like there was more going on beneath the surface. But I just feel like mothers are such an undervalued and underappreciated part of our society. And that's something that we're really passionate about changing. Well, hello, everyone. I am Nikki, and I am the other half of Mind Over Mom. I have two little boys, ages five and three. I entered motherhood already suffering from anxiety pretty much my whole life. I managed it myself, and then when motherhood began, it obviously led me to new struggles and different things, and obviously all the elements changed and what I really lacked was a mom village, a community, people to talk to about the things that I was going through. And I just feel like Alyssa and I came together on this podcast so that we can build that 
And so that no other moms feel alone on their journey and really just be there and break the stigma on mental health. It's our top priority, right? Yes. Especially in motherhood, because motherhood's hard. And we all talk about how beautiful motherhood is, but I never hear anyone talk about how hard and, it is. And, and yes, the power of end. Sorry, it's something that we're like really into now is the power of end. No we more buts. find each other. No more buts. Motherhood is beautiful and, and it's hard. Yes. Yes. I love that. We're going to have to talk about the power of and in a little bit, but I wanted to give everyone a little behind the scenes of how this happened. So if everyone is familiar with Facebook, <laughs> most people are, they have a lot of community groups. And so I'm a part of many uh, Facebook groups in the new area that I live. And I say new, I've been here now three years, but I, st I still feel like new kid on the block especially when you've grown up in another part of a state for so long. I'm originally from Northern New Jersey and I moved to Central New Jersey. And so when I, when I moved here, I decided that the easiest way to start figuring out what was happening around me was to join a lot of these Facebook community groups. And when I had my son nine months ago, I joined a, a mom's walking club because I didn't necessarily know where I was going to find other moms who were in the same position that I was in a neighborhood where I knew nobody. And talking to somebody who had a three-year-old at the time was a lot different than having somebody who had a newborn. And so there were a lot of new folks. So long story short, I will do my best because Reader's Digest version is not my strong suit, but I had been perusing one of the Facebook groups and I happened to find the Mind Over Mom podcast. And I said, what an amazing opportunity this could be. Because Alexis and I started this podcast to really normalize, I'll say the woman experience in so many different aspects of our lives. And so to find two other empowered women who were not just ready, but willing to talk about all of the difficult and taboo topics that we often shy away from and feel uncomfortable with, I said, we have to hop on that. That's got to be a collaboration because what better than empowering and sharing more women's stories who are, are bringing to light and shedding light on really hard topics. So that's how we initially connected. And then we chatted a little bit about you know who we are and what our podcasts are like. And we thought it would be really fun to do a couple of episodes together. So can you share a little bit about your personal journeys and really what inspired you to start a mental health podcast for moms? And if you could also give us a little a backstory on how the two of you know one another, how did you meet? Because Alexis and I are quite literally on opposite coasts and we've met through Beauty Counter, which has brought us together, even being on the, the West and East Coast. But how did you meet? All right. So let's start with how we met. Okay. So Alyssa and I have actually been friends since we were in third grade, which was many moons ago. Not that I want to admit that. We but don't was... want to age ourselves. But yeah, <laughs> that was a long time ago. Been friends for a long time. Yeah. And then like as we, we, we were always close and then, you know, I got married. Nikki was still single. So like we kind of took a couple years, not apart, but like, you know, doing our casual own friends. Things. Yes. And then... I had my daughter and I remember I was in the hospital and I look at my phone after I had given birth to my daughter and I look at my phone and Nikki had announced her pregnancy and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to know another. It's <laughs> so perfect. Yeah, it was really cool. I feel like so the babies quite literally brought us back together. 
again. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. And they're very close in age, obviously. And they share many times. I mean, as babies together, we spent a lot of time together. And that's what's really interesting. So we spoke about how we met. We've known each other. We were friends. We've stayed friends. But while we were friends and while we were raising our babies together side by side, we really weren't talking about some of the struggles in motherhood. Like you just said, Sam, like the taboo topics, like the stuff that no one wants to talk about. Like it was it. I wouldn't say that it was a surface level friendship, but it was like I didn't have anyone that I told my deepest, darkest motherhood things to. You know what I mean? Like in early motherhood, the thoughts I was having, the feelings I was having. And now I know Nikki was having a similar experience, but we didn't talk about it. We were always just like, I'm tired. You know, this is hard, but it was never like, I'm really struggling. Like, girl, this is literally the hardest thing I've ever done. How are you keeping your head above water? How is your toilet clean today? Like, why do you smell so good? Did you get to take a shower today? But we didn't, we weren't talking about We were that. talking about the baby. We were talking about the baby. Which is great, but we were really not talking about what each of us was experiencing. Yes. And like one topic I know that recently we spoke about to another mom was like eating. Like, right? I feel like we were together. Alyssa came over to meet Maddox. So he was what? Four months old? Yeah. That. Yeah. He might have not even been. Yeah. And you were like, oh my gosh, you look so great. And of course, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. I just had a baby. Like, I feel so good. Thanks for saying that. But at the same time, I was surviving off literally like coffee, literally coffee. There's no other, like, there was nothing else. It was just coffee. And that's why I look so good. But underlying, I was lonely. I was by myself a lot of the time. I am a huge, huge people person. And Alyssa at that point was pretty much my only mom friend. And I wasn't telling her anything. So yeah. So then just to, I guess, fast forward a little bit. So I shared a little bit that like it took me four years. I really suffered from postpartum anxiety, from postpartum depression. I went to therapy when my second was like nine months old, but they didn't recommend that I go on antidepressants. They kind of just let it slide. And so did I. And so after therapy, I was like, all right, I'm okay. And then a couple of years later, I was like, no, you guys, everyone's telling me, okay, this is supposed to be hard. But I'm like, oh, my God, I'm drowning, like literally and physically, I am just drowning. So I went to my primary and I said, I need something. I said, I need an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety. And she prescribed me one. And I always refer to how that affected me as like, there was this cloud over my head. And then when the antidepressant kicked in, the cloud lifted. And I don't think that anyone who hasn't experienced that can fully understand or grasp what I'm saying. But when it lifted, it took so much off of me. It took so much off of my chest. It made me feel like, oh my God, I can do this. It didn't make me want to just curl into a ball. And at that point, I was like, why are we not talking about this? Why are all moms just posting these beautiful pictures on social media and nobody is saying, I have anxiety, I have depression. What is so wrong with that? And why aren't the doctors checking on us more? Why aren't we a priority? And why don't we make ourselves a priority? 
Sorry, I went on a rant. Anyway, long story short, I ended up starting this blog where I talked about all these things, where I talked about my anxiety, my depression, my journey with the antidepressants, just how my kids were growing up. I talked a little bit about them. I feel like it was your self-care one, blog blog post post that I read. It really hit me. And I'm like, wow, I do nothing for me. Yeah. Like ever. And then the wheels started spinning and I... I said to my husband, I said, read Alyssa's blog. Maybe you'll understand like my take. Because sometimes, you know, when your husband and wife and you have new babies or the dynamic is a little bit different, you're in the thick of it. So like I had said it to him thinking, oh, maybe if you read what she's writing, you'll understand it from a different perspective. And then I, right after that, I was like, Alyssa, we need to start a podcast. We need to help other moms. We need to tell them it is okay. It is okay to be your true, authentic self. And if people don't like it, too bad. It's not for them to like. What I heard is you didn't want people to think that they were alone. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. I want to circle back on the medication piece real quick because we actually had a conversation the other day with another guest about the importance of medication and really the misunderstanding and fear that comes with medication. One, people are afraid, what is it going to do to me if I'm on the medication? Two, they typically are fearful of, am I going to have to be on this forever? Three, what does it mean about me if I need medication? Mm. And medication, the way I describe it, Alyssa, your, your visual was great because what it really does is it gives you space to do the work. And in therapy, medication and therapy go hand in hand. I would always recommend that somebody who's receiving medication is in therapy and vice versa if it medication is warranted, because that's where you have the capacity. You cannot access a toolkit that you may build for yourself of how you cope with your anxiety, how you deal with your stressors, how you deal with an entirely brand new life transition. And even for those who aren't necessarily moms, what it does is it gives you the space to build a toolbox and be able to access it. Because when you are struggling so much with being able to figure out your day-to-day function, it's really hard to get yourself off the couch or out of bed or stay focused. And so there is a major gap in education, I'll say, about medication. And then the other thing, I brought this up in our last conversation too, Alexis, where we were talking about the postpartum screenings. And postpartum screenings, you get from the hospital, you have a caseworker. I have a therapist who also followed up with me. I think I had a a third person from the hospital checking in, uh, or no, I'm sorry, from my insurance company as part of a, a pregnancy program they check in with you. But this only goes on for the first two months. And if we think about the postpartum period, those early months are when we're being swarmed and supported with people all around us. And all of a sudden, they start to go back to their normal lives. And that's, for me at least, when it's set in. And I I believe that those postpartum screenings should be going on for a full year. So I agree with you 100% that there needs to be a lot more follow-up. I think the right intentions are there. I just don't think that it's enough. I don't think that it meets enough of the needs. And I'm actually, I'm going to ask Alexis to weigh in here. She is a postpartum doula. So she sees this up front. She's got an upfront seat. Yeah, I really think part of it also, like along with, we know that postpartum depression to be classified as postpartum depression or anxiety happens within that first year. It's not just within those first six weeks. And like you said, Sam, there's a lot of people there usually at the beginning. People want to meet the baby. People want to bring you food then. 
So usually that first six weeks, there's like quite a, if you have a, a moderately supportive community, like that's when you'll see people. But we have this like expectation that people are going to just hit that six week mark and they're going to like, they're going to, be they're going to bounce back. Quote, it's like, everything's fine now. And we're just going to get back to our lives, which like, there's a whole history on why that is the way that it is, why that six week mark is there that we don't need to get into because that's a whole conversation. We could do a whole podcast about that. But it's that and we don't talk about it enough to know if this is a normal experience. We don't talk about our feelings. We don't talk about the difficulties. And people now who talk about it get so much criticism about complaining and whining about how hard motherhood is. And so it leaves people not wanting to talk about it because they don't want to be left as like the complainers and the whiners of like, oh, motherhood is so hard. Like people just like to jump on that. And it is hard. It's really hard. And we have basically zero social support for new families. This full stop. In the U.S., we have basically nothing. There's nothing standardized in terms of just like care. I mean, you go to the doctor once or twice afterwards. I think they've finally said like you actually need more than just one six-week visit, which hooray for that, but we need more. Like that's bare minimum anything. But that that lack of support is huge and that lack of community is huge and the lack of sharing our stories authentically and just really sharing truly how hard it is is such a major impact on how we end up going untreated for such a long time. Because I did. I I went untreated for almost a year before I finally was like, oh my gosh, like this is this is going to end my life if I continue with this. Like, if I do not address this, it is so serious. And you can't like be waiting that long. But the whole time you're like, it can't possibly be that bad. It can't possibly be that bad. I'm sure everybody else feels this way from time to time. It can't possibly be that bad because we don't talk about it. Or I would even say there's the mentality of you knew what you were signing up for. Yeah. And, and not being allowed to feel that. And so. Yeah. To Alyssa and Nikki, if you could wave a magic wand, what do you envision that this podcast would do for women going through similar challenges? Well, I feel like off the bat, we said if we could help one mom, that would be that would make all the difference for us just knowing. And I don't know. I mean, we've gotten quite a few inboxes, more than quite a few, talking about how many people we have impacted. And I feel like that makes my heart so happy. And I feel like that kind of gives us the drive to just keep going. I feel like I have such a passion to help people. And I know Alyssa the same and like, especially moms. And that was our goal. That's what we set out to do. And I think it's being done. Yeah. And another thing that we're just trying to do, like with bringing guests on the podcast is since our podcast is I wouldn't say solely for moms, but like our niche is anxious moms. Like, I feel like when we're talking, I'm trying to talk to Alyssa five years ago. I'm trying to get to her. I'm trying to say, if I can do it, you can do it. I know that it's hard. I know that, you know, it's not easy. But what we would like to do with bringing the guests on is get just an array of 
resources. Resources. Like, I feel like there are so many resources out there that women like you, Sam, and you, Alexis, and me and Nikki are trying to like get out there that are available for moms that nobody knows about. Like, Mm. I didn't know that there was maternal therapists that specifically deal with maternal. I didn't know that there was a specific postpartum doula. I just thought the doula would be in your birth room with you. But I didn't know that. Like, we're having a pelvic floor therapist on. Who knew what that was? I mean, I'll find out tomorrow, but I'm not even sure. But you know, like, that's that's what we want to do. We want to give people the resources that are not easily accessible to moms in particular. And they're over-deserved. And they're over-deserved. And just to open their eyes to it, like, you, you have access to this. If you are struggling, you are so not alone. And like, me and Nikki always, when we post stuff, I hope that we get across that like her and I are very approachable. If you DM us, it might take us a day or two, but like we're going to answer you. Like we want to form a community. We want to help moms who are going through things that we have went through. We have survived. We have came out. We are, I would say, on the other side <laughs> for the most part. I mean, we still struggle. For yourself. <laughs> we still struggle, but like we're doing the work to end the stigma and to yeah. to open up the conversation. And I feel like that is our main purpose. Like that's our purpose. Yeah. That's our passion. That's the driving point behind Mind Over Mom is just to get the word and resources out there and to build the community, like we said, because, you know, we have connected with a lot of local moms. And so one of our goals, too, is to have like a, a night, like a mom's wellness night out where we have like a ton of a ton of the resources come be guest speakers and all moms can just connect and like we don't have to put on a brave face you know we can all just say yeah this is my night out no one's going to say where's your husband where are your kids we're all going to be like this is our night out don't ask me questions like we're just here to have a good time so that's something else that we're that's, having that's alert. definitely a goal yeah oh i love that because i think that when you described your your experience coming together on the podcast, the thing that really started it was somebody being vulnerable and willing to share their experience. And then that made it safe for the other person to be able to do that too. And when you've laid that foundation for your community that it is okay to talk about these things and you can be yourself here and it's safe to do so, it just it like automatically qualifies everybody to be in the space to like talk about the hard things and just and be there and just be themselves instead of spending your time trying to figure out if if it's is this person gonna be able to deal with my real self right now yeah trying to figure out if you're like gonna stay surface level or if you're gonna like dig deeper you don't have to wonder because like we're already deep. You already know yeah. all my all my stuff. So yeah. lay it on me. I can take it. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. So with your experience, we've already kind of covered it a little bit, but I want to hear a little bit more. What role do you see in your personal experience and then in your interactions with your listeners? What role does destigmatizing mental health play in supporting other mothers who are struggling? I'm going to bring it back to feeling less alone. Maybe I feel like, I feel like for, I feel like we covered a lot of that, but 
our goal is really just to break the stigma on mental health. I feel like we don't want people to walk into a room and feel uncomfortable. I feel like that's why we're trying to just bring everybody together. And like Alyssa was saying, we are vulnerable. We are ourselves. We put it all out on the air and we expect people then to slide into our DMs and talk to us if they need us. Like, I feel like we just want to, we just want to break stigma. Absolutely. Because I will say, since we've already talked about my antidepressants, like I have just upped mine just recently because we, you know, you're always like adjusting your meds to make it work for you. So I just upped mine and I've been using the C word a lot lately, not the C word you're thinking of, but not crazy. Word, I think. <laughs> and I've been saying it a lot in our podcast episodes. And Nikki said to me, you need to stop using the word crazy. Like it is such, it's such a trigger for me. I use it for myself and I hate that I do. But one of the reasons I do is because a lot of the people around me, even though I'm doing all this, even though they know what I'm going through, they still put that on me. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, so when I went to my therapist not too long ago, she said to me, I can't adjust your medication for you. I'm just a therapist. She said, you really need to go see a psychiatrist. And I came home and I said that to my husband and my husband just looked at me like, uh-oh. And I was like, what? And he, he, like, that was his reaction. Like, oh, kind of like, what's wrong with you? You know, but why? What? Because my brain doesn't produce enough serotonin, there's something wrong with me. Like, if I broke my arm and I went to the doctor, you wouldn't be like, oh my God, something's wrong with me. You would be like, please go get the help you need. And that's what I want to come out of the podcast. And that's what I want us coming out and sharing our stories to do is like, if a, a woman comes home and she says to her husband, I have to see a psychiatrist and the husband reacts the way that my husband does, she can be like, well, listen to this podcast episode. Like, I'm not the only one. There are so many others like me. You might think that this is quote unquote crazy, but we're all effing crazy. Like, we're not alone. We're all crazy. I hate that word. I do too. But I always, I, I yell at her all the time. I, know, I always use it. When I hear the word crazy, what I really hear is invalid. And, mm -hmm. and that is the problem, in my opinion, of the word crazy. And I think that with motherhood, a lot of the topics that, that at least I see or feelings that I felt early on when I was adjusting to an entirely new way of life was guilt and shame when I couldn't figure out how to multitask or I had to start and stop a million times and was frustrated that I had to start and stop a million times, not frustrated at my son, frustrated that I couldn't figure out how to do all of the things the way that I used to. And what we know is that the biggest changes come when someone enters or leaves the home. And a new baby is a prime example of that because when they enter the home, your life is quite literally turned upside down. Your schedule is not your own. You're on demand. You're often malnourished because prioritizing yourself, and I'll speak to social socialization of women in general, is that we are socialized to be selfless. And so while a component of our role is to be a mother and be a caretaker, you cannot pour from an empty cup, but there is a shame and guilt that comes along with not being able to balance it so easily. And you are absolutely right in the responses that we get if we talk about a psychiatrist. And I just want listeners to know that 
those who can prescribe are not therapists. I am a therapist. I cannot prescribe, but primary care doctors, medical doctors can, and psychiatrists are medical doctors. To see a psychiatrist does not mean that one is crazy. It means that you are seeking support and medication from a doctor who specializes in mental health. Yeah. Because a lot of people will go to their primary care and think nothing of it. But if they go to a psychiatrist, there's a different association with it. That was what I did too, actually. I went to, when I first got on the medication, I went to my primary. But my therapist specifically said, please don't go back to your primary because they will just prescribe whatever's easy. They are not trained in the mental health field. They can't monitor you the same way a psychiatrist can. They don't have the time or the energy to dig deep the way that a psychiatrist does because they're just dealing with sick patients and, you know, just so many other things that are their responsibility that you kind of need a professional who specializes in, you know, dealing with your medication, like you said. Yeah. And... I just think that so much of this conversation comes right around to the way that we've been taught to think about mental health, which is just something that we don't talk about. And we look at the history of like women's mental health and what would happen if 300 years ago, if you were exhibiting symptoms of a mental illness, you would get locked away into a hospital to maybe never return. And so there's like an element of like, it just doesn't feel safe to be talking about it because that is our history with mental illness. And it's amazing how even though we've come a long way from that, it still comes up even later. And and people still use terms like, wow, you're just you're just you're crazy. Or we get those looks of like, OK, this is like not normal. And yeah, it's just really interesting how even though I I think, at least in my spaces, I see so much more talk around mental health and mental health illnesses. And even so, like we have such a long way to go. The other thing I wanted to mention, though, too, is especially coming right out of pregnancy and, and childbirth, your hormones are going a million miles per minute. And so you're not necessarily completely rational, but you're not necessarily invalid as well for what you're feeling and mental health, whether it's postpartum, during pregnancy, whatnot, feelings can be irrational. Feelings can be over-exaggerated. Things feel more intense at points, but they are never invalid. What I like to explain it or how I like to explain it is that it exacerbates or emphasizes what already is going on. And so it just makes it a whole lot more intense for the individual or the family that is experiencing at that time. So there's a lot to consider. And the more that we have the conversations, the less stigmatizing it can be. But what I love about what you're doing is that you're bringing guests on that are additional resources. So in my background, in what I do in my nine to five, we talk about education being a major component of understanding the resources and the benefits and the programs that are available and the reasons why this is important. And so there are a lot of moms who don't know about pelvic floor therapy. Alexis talks about all the time that it should be a recommendation or referral coming right out of the hospital. Like everyone, every person. When are you going to see your, your pelvic therapist? Or someone who specializes in maternity-based therapy, like you had on your, your last guest, or yeah. the nutrition and how it impacts your hormones, both pregnant and postpartum, or even in conception phase. 
So I think shedding a light on those resources that are available is really valuable for listeners. So kudos to you. Thank you so much. And just to kind of bring it all to like in a circle, what you said, Sam, about how like, you know, our society just isn't kind to mothers, regardless if you have a mental health condition or not. Our society is not kind to moms. We are expected to do it all. We're expected to be superhuman and we're expected to do it all with a smile. We're never going to complain. And, you know, you can tell someone that's pregnant or it's thinking about having a baby. You can say literally till you're blue in the face, your life is going to change. But until you experience it and you go through it yourself and you are solely responsible okay, yes, I have my husband too. But when I say that my kids maybe say dad two times a day compared to mom a million times a day, like they look to me. I am their caretaker. I'm their main caretaker, especially because me and Nikki were both stay-at-home moms. So the pressure that that puts on you as a person is so, you're just so underprepared for it. And I don't know if there's anything that can fully prepare you for that. But just saying it to someone doesn't bring it to a reality until they're going through it. And then once they're going through it, it's just like, man, why didn't anyone tell me about this? But like you did, you know what I mean? It's just it doesn't we're not set up. I think that is why I feel so strongly about the resources, 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 community, 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 because I was just thinking as Alyssa was talking about a personal story with me postpartum um, after I had my first son. I was planning to breastfeed. I was so excited. And I won't get to on this topic. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because I didn't have a village. I didn't really have moms to talk to. The generation before us is a little bit different when it comes to certain things. Breastfeeding was a hot topic. My son was struggling so hard to eat. And everyone was making, everyone in the hospital was making me feel awful. The family was making me feel awful. Everyone has their own. Like I was doing, like I was doing something wrong and I feel like I didn't really have any resources. And for 11 months I struggled and he was still, we, we switched to formula. He was still not gaining weight. Everyone's like, if you just, if you just breastfed him, if you just breastfed him, which was making me feel so much more awful because I wanted, that was my intentions. And it turned out 11 months later, he was diagnosed with a heart condition. And we had no idea. Like at the time, I was beating the heck out of myself. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I provide food for my baby? Why do I have nobody to talk to about this? And no one was really supportive. And then 11 months later, I finally, after fighting, got a diagnosis. But like, that's what there's no like, there's nothing out there. Well, there's I mean, no, there's, mm-hmm. there's no way to get it out there. And there's no handbook for yes, mothers. Like yes. there's a couple books out there. Yeah, sure. But they're so dated. Everyone has their own opinions about well, everything and everyone thinks that they're right. And nobody knows what it's like to be a parent to your child. Mm-hmm. Everyone can tell you anything that they want to tell you, but nobody knows your child the way that we as moms know them. So yeah, give me whatever advice you want. That doesn't mean I'm going to take it. But when you're a new mom, you're like trying to absorb everything and listen to everyone. And that's impossible because you're getting conflicting opinions all over the place, you know? Oh, yeah. That they're not necessarily entitled to. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and as you're speaking about the lack of resources and lack of community and the isolation and the lack of a village that we really need to have, like that is what we are biologically wired to need during motherhood. And we don't live that way. And how could you be anything but depressed and anxious when you are going through this major life transition and you have no resources, no support, no community, no village, nothing like you're totally set up to fail. So it's just incredible that you are out there busy doing the work of sharing the resources, because that's honestly what I'm really passionate about, too, personally, is just making sure that everybody knows that there are so many options out there. And postpartum doulas are trained in like in helping you find the resources like We don't have opinions about what you should be doing one way or another. It's like, well, if you are interested in this, here's a resource for it. And so many people feel like they need to give their opinions. And we don't really need opinions. We just need like, we just need a little bit of support and and resources. Because like you said, every baby is so different. And what would the world look like if we all knew about everything that was available to us and we all had those supportive people around us? It would be a completely different world for mothers. So when I teach mental health first aid, because I'm also a mental health first aid instructor, we talk about giving information and resources versus advice. And we ask participants, are they the same thing? And at the beginning, they think that they are. And we don't need advice. Advice is putting our own lens, our own skew on what we think someone should do. But information and resources are the facts and the support and when it comes to understanding those resources or under understanding yourself as a mom, it's it's becoming, in my opinion, and what Alexis and I talk about in a lot of our episodes is how to become your own best advocate to know what you need and to stick to your guns about what you need, despite what other people may say. And I'll, I'll share briefly that when I was pregnant, before I'd even had my son, I had decided I did not want to breastfeed. And that was something that I was very proud of the fact that I could go into pregnancy and go into delivery knowing where I stood because I knew that my mental health was a component of all of that. I knew what it would do to my dynamic with my husband. And I knew that my son was going to be fed one way or another. And I didn't need anyone else telling me breast is best. There's so many amazing nutrients. What does our our body do? I am very well aware of those things. But I wanted to feel empowered in the choice that I was making for myself. And when you have those resources and that information, you can become your own best advocate, regardless of what other people's opinion or spin may be. I couldn't agree more. I wish I had the same outlook when I was going through through that. Well, people make you doubt yourself when you're pregnant, especially being a new mom and not knowing what to say and do. And I mean, trust me, I talked to my therapist about this for a long time before I could outwardly say it because I knew, and that's the other thing, I knew that it was going to be uncomfortable for other people to hear my response and to hear my confidence in what I was saying because they were going to want to try to sway my opinion, but knew because of my approach that they were not going to be able to. And that was going to be a discomfort I had to sit with that they were going to be uncomfortable, which was hard for me. So, you know, it's it was a long process of, of figuring out how to best do that. But I guess what I'd love to wrap us up with is how do you see your podcast evolving to continue to make that safe space for moms? And I have some 
I have some ideas for you after the episode of, of places I can connect you with, because I didn't say it before, but we are actually both New Jersey residents. So that is the, that was the Facebook group that we connected on. And I have some resources that I had reached out to when I was first on maternity leave that I think this would be a great opportunity for, for you to connect with them. So we'll, we'll share that. But how do you see your podcast evolving? I mean, obviously, we would love to grow, reach as many people as possible, keep welcoming guests on that are informative, educated, helpful. And also, we've said it so many times, but really, I and I feel like we already are accomplishing creating a community. I feel like we have already made some great mom friends where we both didn't really have mom friends. Mm-hmm. I have friends, but a say. lot of them yeah. aren't moms. And it it is such a different dynamic when you're talking to someone who's not a wife, who's not a mom, who's in a different season of life than you. Or, you know, like you guys said, if someone has a five-month-old baby and you have a six-year-old, like, yeah, you're both moms, but you're at different levels. So it is so nice to be able to connect with other moms who are in the same realm as you, right? Because as we, as the kids get older, as everything changes, so does your parenting. When my kids are teenagers, I'm not going to be able to parent them the same same way I'm parenting them now, same way that like I can't parent them now the way that I parent them when they were a baby. So it's all about evolving. And what I would love to do is to not only help the postpartum moms, because yes, that holds such a dear, tender place in my heart because of all that I went through postpartum. And I just feel like it is my calling to help them. But I don't want to forget and neglect the all of the other moms out there who are dealing with other things because there is so much. Like you hear so many moms when you talk about, oh, my daughter, she's six. She's so funny. She's so beautiful. Oh, just wait till she's a teenager. Do I, you know, <laughs> like everyone has something to say. And do I think that that's going to be easy? No. But do I hope that there are resources that I can turn to when things are really tough again? Absolutely. And that's what I want to provide. And that's what I hope the podcast can evolve to is, again, not just the postpartum moms, but like, I think what you're trying to say is this is long term for us. This is long term. (laughs) I want it to I want it to evolve into not just what we're going through, not just not just what one person is going through, but. All moms. All moms are welcome here. This is a journey. We are on a journey. We're all on a journey together. And we just, we want to provide as much help as we can. Yes. And like Alyssa mentioned earlier, the wellness events are definitely one of our top goals right now. I would bring everybody together. bring moms together. (laughs) I would love if there was content and speakers on preconception and struggling to get pregnant. Because yeah. a lot of IVF moms out there too, myself, it was it was really hard to to go through that, and it's its own form of loss. So I would I would listen in if you had guests speak on that also. We got you. We actually have <laughs> a guest coming on tomorrow, so Ooh, stay tuned. I read your mind. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us today. I know everyone is going to love hearing your story, and I'm sure that they will love to come and listen to you as well. Can you share with our listeners where people can find you? So our podcast is Mind Over Mom. We're available wherever you stream podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Overcast, really anywhere, Amazon podcast, whatever. We also are on Instagram at Mind Over Mom. And we do have a Facebook community. We can send you guys the link so you can share it in the show notes. Just as like a way to 
form the community to bring everyone together. It's a safe space where like if you feel like you need to talk to someone, you know that it's just all other moms in the group who are kind of going through something similar, like just no judgment. It's a no judgment zone here. We've all been through our own stuff. And who am I to say that what you're doing is wrong or what you're going through is wrong? It's not. We're all just doing the best we can. Yeah. So I feel like that's why we've really been trying to bring that community up in the Facebook group. So if you're listening, give us a follow on Facebook. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for all the work that you do to help other moms feel so much less alone on this really wild journey that it is. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you for having us. It was so fun to chat. Thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we will talk to you again next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice or mental health services. If you are in a mental health crisis, please call the Suicide and Crisis Hotline at 988 or 911. Did today's episode of Perspectively Yours hit the spot? It would mean the world to us if you'd show us some love with these three effortless ways to help your fave podcast thrive. First up, the most important, never miss an episode by following or subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Just head over to our show page, tap the plus sign and select follow. Next, leave us a shiny five-star rating and review on your podcast platform. Your feedback helps us make each episode better and better. Last but not least, share your favorite episode with a friend. The power of word of mouth is undeniable, and we would be over the moon if you spread the love about Perspectively Yours. Before we let you go, here's a fun fact. We met through Beauty Counter, our favorite clean beauty brand, and are both brand advocates. If you've been looking for safer products that actually give you results, you can get 20% off your first purchase with the code CLEANFORALL20. Don't forget to follow us each on Instagram at Ms. underscore Samantha Kehoe and Alexis.TheNourishedBeginnings. Send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources we mentioned. Thank you for being here. We are grateful for your support and love. Thank you.